say, I want every chain broke. Amen. I want it unlimited, unhindered, totally separated from unbelief. Amen. I believe God wants to do that with the people in this last day. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord now. You You just hold that before him right now. Dear Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. Lord, your promises to us are yes and amen. So we say amen. We say amen to the word of promise that every chain can be broken. That we can move through into other dimensions as Enoch did. Move into a realm higher than what we've ever walked before. And I'm praying it'll be for every person. No matter where they are, they may be in sin's dark prison today, but may they know that there is a hope, a ray of light that is shining down in that prison. The angel of God hitting them on the side and saying, I broke every chain. There is nothing that can hold you now. You're free to go. Get up from there and follow me out out of the prison of sin and unbelief. I pray, Lord, for every Christian today that may be locked down with complexes, with confusion, or maybe the, the, the very things of life. Maybe they don't know where to turn or what to do. But I pray today that chains of unbelief will fall over them, off of them, Lord. That today they can see the light of glory shining down a path, a path to success, a, a path to the joys of God. Lord, I pray for everyone, Lord, struggling with financial needs and situations, Lord, that you today will, Lord, shine the light down a path of complete deliverance. Lord, that they'll walk in prosperity as it's promised, Lord. Father, when we look around and we see Laodicea and the condition of the age, we want to be a people, Lord, that is not affected by the age. But, Lord, a people that lives above it is overcomers. And I ask, Lord, for overcoming power today. Lord, may, oh God, a realization hit the hearts of every person here today. And may they realize their position in you. We thank you, Lord, for those that you have called to this little church in Louisiana. Lord, as um, the message will go forth now around the world, reaching down into little homes, Lord, even where sick and elderly are may they know lord that you're the god that heals every disease and that they can walk in victory today we would pray lord for those that will hear it later that you'll also minister to them lord is uh, i pray god will not forget those that are in then in the, that are in the prison houses as it were of nursing homes prison home houses of their own bodies lord they're longing and waiting for deliverance And I pray, Lord, that today could be an hour of deliverance for us all, Father. Lord, that we could break out of whatever prison that has held us back or whatever whatever hindrance that has held us. May we today, we walk into the success that's promised as believers. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. 
Amen. Good to be dwelling with his people and in God's presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Amen. I guess I won't sing anymore, so God bless you. Thank you for your music today and your giving unto the Lord and, and uh, pray, pray that the Lord will bless you. We have um, uh, plans to leave immediately after the service on our way up into Tennessee where I'll minister for Brother Donnie Reagan on Wednesday night and going on to Brother Ron Spencer's for the weekend for the Labor Day meetings there. And uh, uh, we'll carry your greetings with us and your blessings with us to them. Amen. And also, just hearing from Brother uh, Joe Adams as they're fi- finishing up their meetings, also with Brother George uh, Winters in Japan. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's wonderful that Evening Light Tabernacle can today be in those other places and have been ministering the Word of God and bringing the bride's revival. Amen. To the people in dark countries of Africa or dark civilizations of Japan that uh, God is moving and calling an elect. Amen. Wasn't it wonderful Wednesday night to be able to join with them or them join with us? Amen. As they were having their little convention there. Um, And uh, so great things God is doing. I love it in this day that we can travel, as it were, like a thought. As I ministered uh, Thursday night on the secret of his coming, here from my office broadcasting out to the gathering in Japan. And, uh, you know, I, I thought how wonderful it was to be able to um, be right there in, the, in my own office. And yet my image and voice um, being heard in a... Uh, in, in the next day, actually literally in the next day, because at 7 p.m. here, it was 9, 9 a.m. over there, and, and uh, then Brother Craig followed up the next day with an, um, in a different location where they were, and, uh, and so they've been ministered to here by the church and the ministry here, and um, so God has, has uh, opened up a real opportunity for us to do that. One of our reasons for wanting to be able to move was to have better internet and uh, so that we could be a lighthouse to the world. It was time to bring the, the evening light out of, from under the bushel. Amen. Set it on a hill where it can be seen. And so we're thankful to God for that. And while I am gone, uh, we will have Brother Craig will be ministering Wednesday night and and then Sunday on your Labor Day weekend, he will be ministering that Sunday morning service. Uh, there will not be a, an evening meeting that day, but you can come expecting. Then coming back home, uh, Brother George and Brother Joe, well, they, one will be coming from Africa, the other from, um, from Asia there in Japan, and coming back home. And, and on um, the Wednesday following um, Labor Day, they will be given a mission report and letting you know what God did. Amen. He done some wonderful things. Amen. And we're looking for him to do some wonderful things today. I wanted to mention as you drove in, you should have been able to see the pavilion uh, outside is, is um, ready now for construction. In eight days from now, another week they will begin. Uh, because the slab has to cure, 
And uh, so they, they will be again working on that in another week. And um, so, you know, to, today as, as total, um, we have the building purchase, we have the slab paid for, um, things that I told you that I will do, uh, the, the rough end of the plumbing, things like that. Um, I will have spent a total of $156,000 uh, for, this, for this building, the building package, the slab, the plumbing, um, the, 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 the drawing up of the plans, the uh, permits. And um, so there's going to be a remainder of things to be done, uh, such as the air-conditioned heating of the building that we will have to purchase some of that. And there will be plumbing and things like that. We just got word that... We have uh, donated to us a, a whole flooring for that. And so we thank God for that. Amen. Amen. God provides. And I believe that God will provide for this. Amen. Amen. But, um, you know, so all of the, the building that we have is paid for except uh, w- what lacks. And that is the lacking of the finishing of it. And that also, every bit of the money is there. <laughs> but it's in your pocket. Amen. So God bless you as you give unto the Lord. And I believe that home missions and our young people and things like that, and even for our own use as the church body, I believe that's an important thing to give towards. So, you know, remember that in your giving, you'll never outgive God. Amen. Amen. He'll provide every step of the way. I'm looking to him. Amen. And you can look to him. And I, I realize when I say that, you know, we're not a wealthy congregation. We're not a bunch of wealthy people. But, you know, God did some marvelous things in, in the days of the children of Israel with a bunch of slaves. Amen? Amen. A bunch of former slaves with nothing in their, as it were, and God took it and made something out of it. And little as much of God is in it, and I believe God's in this work. Amen. I've just seen his hand too many times. So our confidence is in the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1, and I'm going to read this and let you be seated. We've got a couple of more scriptures we're going to read. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked and behold, a candlestick all of gold and a bowl upon the top of it. And his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. And then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain? What's these words now? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying 
grace, grace unto it. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. Amen. God bless all of you that have returned home and after being gone through part of the summer. And uh, pray that we'll just get some rain now that the Lord will provide for our area that's a little bit drought stricken. Amen. But the Lord's a provider once again. Amen. Now, today, as we look into this great subject, I, I'm just wanting to captivate our attention on the, the plan that God has, as he says, he would bring forth the headstone with shoutings, crying grace, grace unto it. So, you know, it is um, great favor that is upon this time that we're living in. In fact, we could call it double favor. Now, I, today I am going to be speaking again on the people of the book, has returned to the land of the book. Brother Timothy, you can give us a little more air up here. Um, and um, the people of the book has returned to the land of the book. And, uh, and also there, as uh, we have returned, I want to look in today, um, my subject will be untapped resources, untapped resources, and because that is what is in our land. He had told them, said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, amen, amen? that there is plenty in the land. It's a land of, of plenty. And I want to just say that this land that we have returned to, this land of the Bible, is a land of plenty. Amen. Exceeding great and precious promises have been given to us as believers. Now, the Jews had returned back to their land in our reading, um, and they were ready now for the headstone to come. And to do this, there was a visitation of an angel, and I love how it starts out. It starts out showing seven golden candlesticks or seven lampstands. And, and again, our return back into our homeland begins with God revealing to us the seven golden candlesticks and the seven church ages and showing us where we are in this great time that we're living in. And so the Jews had returned back to their land and they were ready for the headstone. To do this, there was a visitation of the angel who said, though there were insurmountable mountains in the way, even though there were um, terrible obstacles because it uh, was a wasteland and the city had been laid waste and the walls were all uh, gone down, the temple had been destroyed, and, and, and it, it looked insurmountable, you know, impossible to, to get over this mountain of difficulties that they were facing. But you see, the, the word of the Lord came that these mountains would be removed. And I realize we are living in a day of insurmountable mountains. 
you know, obstacles that lay in our way. In fact, the matter is, it, it is um, Satan's Eden. There is evil everywhere. It's an awful generation to be living in. And, and Satan is the god of this evil age and worshiped by millions. And out of a terrible age that goes into, well, finally go into utter darkness. It, it is um, an age that is lukewarm and miserable and cold and naked. And yet they, they don't even know their condition because of a spiritual insanity upon the age. Yet they're very religious saying, I'm rich and I have need of nothing. God, I really don't need anything. There's nothing can really be added to me because I've got it all. And that's the age that we live in. And, and there's unsurmountable, you know, obstacles. There is a more evil age than what there's ever been on the earth because it is a, a conglomeration um, of all of the, of the evil of the age's past heaped up into this generation. And with this, with this insurmountable mountains in the way, the, the, the angel of God begins to speak. And it says, these mountains shall be removed. Amen. But it won't be by men's might. It won't be men that are doing this. And it won't be by men's power. But it'll be by an outpouring of my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. That the headstone would be brought back by a message shouting, grace, grace, abundant grace and I want you to know the favor of God is upon you in this last day not just by a portion but the double portion grace upon grace favor upon favor is come upon a people in this last day and I want you to realize you are a people that favor has been heaped upon and heaped upon not just the sin of the past ages but a people who all the promises all the word all the favor all the blood all the power everything is heaped upon a people in this last day Day. I say what a wonderful day to be living this mountain will be moved this is a day of mountain moving faith this is a day of mountain moving people a people of the book who come to face insurmountable problems of the age and will overcome Zechariah 13 and verse 1 continues on with this promised restoration. And it says, in that day, and I just want to bring it for you, knowing this is for Israel in the future, but I want you to understand that you are the spiritual Israel. Amen. So this in the spiritual application is yours. In that day where I bring back the headstone, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanliness. A fountain open. A fountain, again, you see, if it's a cistern, it is only a limited supply. 
It's dependent on the rains. It's dependent on a few more outpourings to fill it up. But this is not a cistern. This is a fountain. And a fountain, again, is an unlimited supply. And in that day, there shall be an unlimited supply open to the house of David. Come on, church. To the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanliness. Amen. To wash away all of the unbelief of the past ages. To even wash away your unbelief from this morning. Amen. To allow you to walk into unlimited resources. Hallelujah. Now, a fountain opened. I'd like to look at Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. This was, I think, a third grade scripture that, we, that I learned in the third grade and memorized. But he says in Psalms 1 and 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. How many has got a delight in God's word this morning? I know you do because you're here today. Amen. And his, and his law, he doth meditate. Amen. He must meditate. Notice it's not, it's not a one-time drink. Amen. I want you to get this. It's not a one-time drink. But in this law, he doth meditate. What? Day and night. Amen. It's a continuous fountain and it's a continuous drawing from that fountain. Pulling from that fountain. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Amen. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to read that last phrase again. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now I want you to think about whatever you are going through today. Whatever you are facing. And I want you to look here at a scripture that speaks about you. This is thus saith the Lord. Can we take it personal today to to evening like tabernacle? Can we take it personal as an individual? You say, but you don't understand. I'm struggling, Brother Tim. I'm struggling financially or I'm struggling spiritually or I'm struggling struggling in my marriage or I'm struggling, um, you know, wherever in my health. I'm struggling. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. The word of God already declares you prosperous. Amen. Prosperous for whatever need that you have. You say, but it's a mountain, Brother Tim. But yet before you, it shall become a plain. Amen. And it won't be by your might. It won't be by your power. It'll be because of the grace that is given. The double grace and the double favor that is upon your life. 
and a God. I don't care if you're with a woman this morning. It's a God who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I don't care if you're an orphan this morning. A God will not leave you fatherless. He will not leave you husbandless. He will not leave you an orphan. This God has an unlimited supply. Something in store, and it's grace. It's grace. Now, the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. Israel, after 2,000 years, is now a nation. They're now celebrating, they're actually celebrating their 70 years. They just passed that milestone, a man's lifetime. Where that a child born now can live a full lifetime. Born back back on that day in May in 1948. Can live a whole lifetime. And all you can look and see. Is that the only reason. The only reason for her existence today. Is not because of man's might. It has not been because of the nation's approval. Because the nations of the world largely abandoned the Jews to whatever outcome would come. And actually were favoring the Arabs to take the place back over again. And and were bracing themselves, you know, for another great holocaust of the Jewish people. But God had bigger plans than to let the devil destroy them. Amen, because God had a word that said, I have gathered them back. I have brought them from all the nations to come back to their promised land. Amen, I want you to get it now as we're preaching this. Apply that in the spiritual aspect of the bride of Jesus Christ because we too have been gathered. Amen, there's been a gathering unto him. And we're coming back to the land of the book as the people of the book. Amen. I want you to know, Baptists may find uh, some consolation in this book. Methodists may find consolation in this book. The, The Catholics may find some consolation in this book. But I want you to understand, this is your book. This does not belong to denomination. This belongs to a people. Amen. Now, so as we think of it, then at the time of our struggle, and I've mentioned this before, but just to bring up our thought again, at the time of our struggle to become a nation, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found establishing the Jews as the people of the book. They actually were found ancient evidence because in that day, there were debates as to whether they had ever lived there. You know, many believed it to be a fictional account and and even though they had no proof, but you know, they had no proof of that they had ever been there or that they had ever lived there. You know, just ancient uh, history and 
telling them we used to we were there and we were dispersed over into Europe and dispersed here and, and under the kingdoms of Rome and dispersed people into Russia and Poland and here and there and everywhere else. And so there were debates as to whether they had ever lived there. And many believed it to be a fictional account. But when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found and brought to light, it gave proof that they indeed had predated being there before any of the Palestinians, before any of the Romans, before any of the other nations, that they had a right to this land. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me tell you, light shining on this word today has given us the proof. Amen. This is our land. These are our promises. Amen. Now, they were returning to the land. I just want to read a few of these in my opening um, comments this morning. And yes, I, I must travel at least another eight, ten hours today after I minister today. But don't worry, I'm not going to cheat you none. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to have church. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a wonderful time today. Amen. Amen. God's got some untapped resources for you to tap into. For you to become aware of. Ezekiel 28 and verse 25. Thus saith the Lord God. When I shall have gathered the house of Israel from the people. Among whom they are scattered. And shall be sanctified in them in the, in the sight of the heathen. Then shall they dwell in their land that I have given unto my servant Jacob. And they shall dwell safely therein. And shall build houses and plant vineyards. Yea, they shall dwell with confidence. When I have executed judgments upon all those that despise them round about. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. And I want you to know it's God who has stood up for us. Amen. That wants the world to know. Wants Satan to know. Wants our adversary to know, I am the Lord, their God. These are my people. And I have brought them back to this land. Hallelujah. They didn't do it on their own. This was not an accident. This this just didn't happen. I gathered them. Hallelujah. Chapter 36, verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen. And gather you out of all countries. Amen. Whether they're Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic or Pentecostal or wherever they've been or nothing. Come on, church. Amen. And I will bring them with you into your own land. And then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you. Somebody ought to shout glory right there. I'll put my spirit in you. You're going to have my spirit. Not just a new heart or new thinking or new desire. 
Amen. A new heart, a new spirit, a new thinking, or a new desire. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave it to your fathers. And ye shall be my people. And I shall be your God. Blessed is the man whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice now Ezekiel 37, 11. And you, we have read this a time on time again, but it just follows right in line. Then said he unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we are cut off from our parts. Here is the mountain. Here is something impossible. Dry bones. Dead. Amen. Therefore prophesy unto them and say, Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out, up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. What works? Now we can see Israel. That ought to give us some courage this morning. Amen. That knowing we are the royal seed. Amen. So if God has done this with Israel as a nation, how much more is he doing it with this bride? Amen. Amen. Now, skip down to verse 21 now. And he said, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, where they be gone, and will gather them everywhere them on every side and bring them into their own land. Notice how many times he keeps saying this. And I'll make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So they shall they be my people, and I will be their God." Amen. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, and they also shall walk in my judgment and observe my statutes and do them, and they shall dwell in the land which I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children. Oh, hallelujah. That's going to make me shout right there. Amen, because I believe for my family, then I believe for every child of mine. Now I'm believing for my grandchildren. And I'm saying we ain't leaving a hoof behind. Hallelujah. And they shall dwell in there, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. And Jesus is that, say, son of David. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Oh, notice, notice, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I shall place them and multiply them. And will set my sanctuary, my dwelling place, right in the midst of them. Hallelujah. My goodness, pull it back and look. There he is, right on the inside of you. Right, on the, right in the midst of them forevermore. And my tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Notice how many times he says that I will be their God. They shall be my people. I'm putting the devil on notice. You're God's property. Amen. And to attack you is to attack heaven. And we're not standing here alone. We are in this battle, but all heaven is behind us. Amen. Just as the Jews have had to testify at time after time, supernatural interventions that has taken place. Amen. In their wars, God coming on the scene. Amen. Notice, and he said, they shall be my people and the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify. That means I cleanse Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Amen. I got one more of these promises and then we'll go on. Amos 9, 14. But I want you to take every one of these as being personal to you. It's going to be your God. You're his people. He's brought you to your land. Amen. We have returned to the God of the Apostle Paul. Amen. To the doctrines of the first church. We have come back to the book of Acts. Amen. Not to go down, but to complete the, the book of Acts. A continuation. Now, Amos 9, 14. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel. And they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Did you hear that, devil? We'll never be pulled out again. We're not going to go make another denomination. We're not going to another concentration camp. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're here. Amen. Never to be dispersed or forced out of this land again. So go ahead and set your boundaries right here in this land for whatever you have need of and stand there because you got a promise you'll never be pulled out of it again. Now, you know, down through the ages, Satan has wanted that holy land. Rome, personified as the red dragon, wanted that holy land. You know, because they got so much resistance from the inhabitants, the Jews, who fought them for years and years and years and resisted them, and they could not stop the rebellion. Then Rome came up with a final solution, and that was to disperse the Jews from their land. 
to burn their cities with fire, to, to burn their holy temple, to destroy any remnant, and, and then take everybody as slaves and disperse them all throughout the lands of, the, of Rome. And so they did. Because they wanted that land of promise for their own. It was given to them by God. But because of disobedience, they're taken out. Now, as, the, as it went, that empty, barren place become inhabited by um, Arabs and, and uh, Palestine, what they call Palestinians. And, and they were Islam, Islamic people who claimed that they were the true seed of Abraham. Where indeed they were the children of the bondswoman. And so they, but they could claim we're of Ishmael, the firstborn, and we have a right to this land. And, and then they could, even, they could even go and twist the word to, to take the very sacred places where that Abraham offered Isaac and say it was Abraham offering Ishmael. And so they could, they could twist and contaminate the whole promises and plan of God. Are you with me? And then say, then we, we are the inheritors of this land. And, and so for years and years and years, they wanted the holy land and resisted the return of the Jews. And any group of them that would try to come back, and they would come back in small numbers, and they would resist them and persecute them and fight them and kill them and take from them their, their lands and, and everything else. And then finally, the Ottoman Empire gave way to the British Empire. And the British Empire was, uh, was an island country itself, but it had many, many different uh, lands all over the world that they claimed as their own and is staked uh, as part of their empire. We know that as American citizens because we were once under the British crown. And so, so again, we resisted it and threw it, threw it off. But, but, uh, but they also took from, from the Ottoman Empire, they took the uh, Holy Land as a, and made it a part of their empire. And, and so they also did everything they could to keep Jews from returning. They would, they, would, they would keep them away. In fact, of the matter when there were thousands of them, millions of them dying during the war, that they still refused to, to allow the Jews to come from Germany and to settle into the Holy Land because they had plans for this place. This is our land. This is our empire. On the other hand, as, uh, as well, you know, because of the resistance of the Jews and even the Arabs resisting the foreign invaders of, of Britain you know, to, to, to come uh, and they would resist and they would kill British soldiers and there was fightings and bombings and everything else to try to overthrow in their futile way the, the British. And finally the British said, you know, enough boys got killed. The mother's cries, bring our boys home. We don't need that place. Give up that Palestine. And they wanted to give it over to the Arabs. They wanted to give it over to them for, and to, to be able to hold some kind of political clout. 
But God had been began a restoration. And he had begun gathering his children. Even though that Britain would take and hold off the ship Exodus that was crammed full of pitiful refugees out of the Holocaust. And, and yet, the turning away, it caused the sentiment of the world to turn against Britain and say, there's got to be a homeland for these Jewish people. Amen. Before they put, try to put pressure on America, bring more Jews to America. America said, we don't want Jews. They tried to find a place for them in Uganda. They didn't want them. There wasn't any place for them. The only solution was go back to your homeland. Hallelujah. And I was looking at you misfits, Israelites this morning. Amen. There was a misfit and Methodist and Baptist. You couldn't find a home there and you didn't fit there. And there there had to be a solution. Nobody wanted them Holy Ghost, tongue-speaking children of God. Nobody wanted those who would believe the whole word of God. Amen. But there calls a cry to come up in our hearts. Give me a homeland. Give me a place where the word of God can have preeminence. Where he will be king instead of some denominational headquarter. Amen. And so Egypt, Syria, Jordan stood ready to swoop up the land as soon as the British left. As they were pulling out in 1947 and finally 48, the last ones would leave. And they were standing there ready. All of these armies gathered to go sweep up that property. That was now a vacuum had been. And each one of them were vying for a position of power. Jordan wanted it for their own. They made promises to the Jews. We'll let you, you know, have your own autonomous rule under our kingdom. You know, you, you can have a place there, but, you know, we'll make an agreement, but, and we'll protect you from the Arabs and, and whatever, and, and, but you'll be under our dominion. But there was something in them Jews. They didn't want to be under the dominion of some, some Jordanian king. They didn't want to be under the power of some Arab nations. They wanted to be an independent state. Amen. A sovereign country that could believe as they believed. That could practice their faith as they believed it. Is anybody following me now? Amen. That's you and me. We'll never bow down to any kind of denominational pressure or headquarters. Amen. They can, they can make all their mandates from Jeffersonville today that they want to. But let me tell you, that's not our headquarters. Amen. We have a headquarters and that's in heaven. Amen. And we have a land and that's this word of God. And we will not bend and we will not bow and we will not burn. Because we're a part of a promise. Amen. That in this land we will receive our Messiah. Hallelujah. And as soon as the British were left, they were all going to sweep down and take that land. But let me tell you, God had a people there. And all this time they had been training. All this time they had been preparing. They had been trying to possess it, overthrow the British. They were training up armies, young girls, young boys. 
as, 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 as young as 14 years old, going and joining up. Amen. We've got to have a place, something burning in our heart. We've got to have a land that belongs to us. Is somebody with me yet? Amen. So during, during these, two, during these um, two millenniums of exile, the Jews had prayed long and hard for a return to Zion, to the land of Israel, where they would re- reestablish an independent Jewish state as a solution to the central problem of the Jewish people. The, the phenomena of the wandering Jew with no real roots anywhere in the world. And, and they said, we've got to have a homeland. Hitler's final solution of the this, this systematic um, annihilation of six million Jews during the World War II, it underlined the need for a Jewish homeland. As I said, America didn't want them. We got enough Jews. You know, Britain didn't want them. Europe didn't want them. The only hope was a country of their own. Amen. Now, the Bible said this would be this way. Amen. A people that the world wouldn't know what to do with. In Zechariah 12 and 3, in that day, will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all the people, and all that burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Amen. God said, I'm going to resist them and they'll be cut to pieces. Everybody that thinks that they're a burden, I will will cut them to pieces. And all the nations will be gathered against her. But in the midst of that, I'm going to raise up an army. I'm going to raise up a people who will have a homeland. Amen. Before the declaration of Israel as a nation, King Abdullah was suggesting that, uh, that Palestine come under his control. For he wanted to annex Palestine into his kingdom. And he promised the Jews could live peaceably under his rule. Trying to persuade them, uh, trying to persuade the king of Jordan not to join in with the other Arab nations. As they were threatening to invade Palestine, Goldemir and Ezra Danan met with, secretly with the king. And the king told, uh, that, uh, told him, said, listen, the Arabs will overrun you. You are a minority. You're just a little group of people. You can't possibly hold off all the Arabs, the millions of them that are going to come against you. And, and it'll ruin all your accomplishment. And he says, I would hate to see the, your, your, your um." A produce where you, you made the desert to, to bloom and your scientific advancement. I'd hate to see it all come to ruins. Just accept my rule over you. And, and, and the king uh, said to Goldemir, I just can't understand why the Jewish people are such a hurry to declare a state. And Goldemir sat back and raised up and looked him back in the eye and he says a people she said a people that has waited for a Jewish state for 2,000 years could hardly be described as being in a hurry and I just want you to know we have been waiting for seven church ages we've been waiting too for 2,000 years for there to be a restoration 
It can hardly be said we're a bunch of impatient people. We've been waiting a long time for this day, for this hour, and we will not let this moment pass us by. We're people who have returned to the land of the Bible after six church ages of dispersal and removal from the land. The church began with Paul's gospel, rooted firmly in the Bible with correct doctrines, with the power of the Holy Ghost. But as Ephesian church began to lose its first love, believers were dispersed among the denominations. But in this day, a call is rung out saying, come out of her, my people. Amen. It's the same as the midnight cry that, that awoke the virgins of Matthew 25 to meet the bridegroom. Today in this third exodus, even as God sent Moses to deliver the people of Israel from Egypt, vindicating him with a pillar of fire, so God has sent a prophet with a message saying, let my people go. Amen. Because of this, we have returned to the God of the Bible, having no other gods before us. Even the idols of, of television and, and Hollywood have been abandoned with a pledge to serve the one true and living God. Thus, we have returned to the land. Like in the days of Joshua, of old, we've seen the silence broken. And the land opened to us as believers that opened up to every promise of the book. And this has left untapped resources that just as Israel had to conquer the land before them and seeing that the walls of Jericho fell there, that the, the open and the seals is only the beginning. And then the rest of the land lies before us. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, we have received something wonderful. We've received the opening of the book. But let me tell you, once the book is open, once Jericho is open, the whole land lays before you. Amen. Once the book is open, every promise lays before you. Now there are untapped resources. You see, we don't just get the, the seven seals and say, we've arrived and we got it. But know the book, the seals opening up, has opened to us every divine promise of God. It's for you. It's for you to take. As Joshua stood before them and said, the land is before you, go take it. Amen. Jericho is just the beginning. The opening of the seals is only the beginning. I mean, so well, Brother Tim, I don't know, understand all about the opening of the seals. Well, just uh, know this part about it. It's opened up the rest of the inheritance. With its opening, the rest of it is open to you. The rapture is open to you. The promises of God, everything is open to you. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Now, so therefore, there are untapped resources. Brother Bradham will speak about the third pull, the third phase of his ministry. And, and that opened up the word. As you know, the seven seals came as a result of his third phase of his ministry. And it was based on this scripture. And we've been through it. But I want to bring it back to you again. Because it speaks of untapped resources. If you look with me to Matthew eleven twenty three, I want you to get it. 
that it's not just, oh, we got the seals and the mysteries have been revealed and, 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 and the mysteries are taken off the book. I want you, I want you to see this. Um, that's Mark eleven twenty three. sorry. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, come on, this is where we were with Zerubbabel, right? Mountain that is before you. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Hallelujah. You're going to have to start believing. Come on. You desire it. Amen. Now start believing that you receive it. Amen. Start confessing it. Amen. Amen. Listen now. Brother, listen, Brother Bradham told us about Moses. Said if the person through the atonement sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ can live in a spear with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus Christ, that wouldn't be him talking, it would be the Holy Spirit speaking these things. I'm talking about a people who has got mountain-moving faith, but not only that, but a mountain-moving message. Hallelujah. That mountains that are in your way have got to come down. Amen. Listen. Oh, my. Brother Branham said again, he said, uh, he said but you see, them's, that, then there's, there's, that's way off from the word. Many honest souls are sitting out there in big mortuaries, out there thinking that this is it. I wonder if you're sitting in that kind of tomb this morning, mortuary of, of your own making, where you say, I've arrived, this is it. This is all that it is to it. You know, another move and another seat, on, on another place to sit and another nice building. Let me tell you, friends, it is more than that. Amen. Many honest souls sit out in them big mortuaries out there thinking this is it. But before God sends judgment, before he lets anything happen, before deliverance comes from the church, God is just. And he sends a voice through the country speaking the word of the Lord God. And as soon, then as soon as the God speaks his word, God is in his word to make it real and manifest what he said. God is just. He just can't be nothing else but a just God. And he stands behind his word. When that true word goes forth, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you because it's God's word and it has to come forth. He said, now, God, don't come down and speak it literally with his voice out of the heavens. Is anybody in tune? He's wrote it on paper and he's expecting me and you to receive the Holy Spirit to believe that word. And when we speak that word, if it's God's true word, God stands behind it. That's right. God 
performs the miracles through the hands of his children. As I said a few nights ago in the church, some church, he's the vine, we're the branches. The vine doesn't bear the fruit. Is the branches bears the fruit, but it gets its energy from the vine. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes into the body and holds his own word and moves it, shows vision, speaks in tongues, prophesies. He does all kinds of works to confirm his word through human instrumentality. Amen. Now, I just want you to know if the original root of the bride tree has put forth another branch. Can we say it looking back at Israel? The root, the root has sprung a, a branch. After 2,000 years, here comes a nation out of a root in this dry place of Israel where there are restoration taking place. But let me tell you at another, uh, of another one, there is a bride who has come back to the original word of God. Amen. And the original root of the bride tree has put forth another branch. And she's ordained to be a continuation of the book of Acts. Not a continuation of her fusses, her debates, of her arguments, of her heresies, of her false doctrines. But a continuation of the same Holy Spirit that worked in the church back there. Amen. To be in the church in the last day. Amen. If you abide in me, if you dwell in the land and I in you, the Holy Ghost in you, then ask what you will. We have received the seals that has opened the book, the land of the book. But let's go on into the full inheritance. Amen. The seals is not all the resources. It just shows us why we got taken out of the land. Amen. Brother, the book holds the resources. And we have, we have barely, can I say this? I want to say it after 50 years, 48 years of ministry. I have barely started tapping in to what lays here. Amen. We have just barely begun to get even the surface of what God has promised for the end time people. Amen. Now, Brother Branham said in Queen of Sheba, now instead of advancing on, see what and see what God promised, we look back to see what some other brother said before us. And he says, or behind us says, we do, let's don't look back. Look forward. Keep moving on and on. We have untapped resources. Jesus said in St. Mark eleven twenty three, 23, why if you say to this mountain, be moved, don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. No conditions. It is just unlimited hallelujah not only are the resources untapped but they're unlimited amen you hadn't even begun you we haven't even begun to draw from this well all that's there we haven't even experienced even with all the miracles in Brother Brandon's meeting, we have not even yet experienced everything 
that God's got in his book. Now, whatsoever things you desire, you can have them. Believe you receive them, you shall have them. Whatever, divine healing, joy, peace, anything. Huh. Now, again, in Jesus Christ, the same. Brother Bradham talks about moving a mountain. He said only a deity can move a mountain, and it has to be with the right objective. Amen. It has to be a motive that is right and an objective is right. I'm speaking to people I believe that has the right objective and the right motive. That God laid before us an unlimited resources. Amen. And he gave it to us to, 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 um, to, uh, to inherit every divine promise. Amen. Now, Moses operating on the blood of bulls and goats. Moses also was in a similar time. You remember Brother Brennan calls this the third exodus. He said that was an exodus back there. This is the third exodus. That we are in another exodus. So look back at Moses in the Bible. Moses there, he he gets a word from God that says to Satan, can we just personalize it that way? Says to Satan, let my people go. He's met with a pillar of fire and vindicated and a word that says, let my people go. Amen. And the devil said, I ain't letting them. They ain't going to go back to the book. They're not going back to the land. I'm not going to allow them to go. Then Moses said, okay, then we'll plague your kingdom until you let them go. Amen. I'm talking to a bunch of people this morning that is willing to stand there on the word of God and torment the devil. Call plagues down from out of heaven and say, let my people go. Amen. You, you've held them in bondage of sin. Let them go. You've held them in bondage of unbelief. Let them go. You've held them in bondage of sickness. Let them go. You come in every kind of attack there is. Let my people go. Oh, I won't let them go. Then we'll plague you till you do. We're going to call down heaven. Amen. We'll turn your light into darkness. We'll turn, we'll turn your, your gods of the Nile into blood. We'll kill all the life in them. We will destroy your nation. We'll destroy your kingdom until you finally say, get out. Is there a people this morning with that kind of determination that says we will not quit until we get back completely into our promised land where God ordained us to be in this hour. Amen. I'll plague you. I'll plague your kingdom. And Brother Branham likened that. And then he, and he said Moses would call for flies. And he said nothing seemed to be happening. After a little bit, a little fly would start floating around, buzzing around. He said in a few minutes, he said... Um, you know, they, they would be 10 foot deep in places. He said, here there were, everywhere that you looked, flies or frogs or whatever. And he said, it was God, the creator, hiding himself in a simple man. Can I say that God is hiding himself in a bride in this end time? In a simple people that would believe the word of God, and he said that the blood of bulls and goats could be used for a bleach, which could only cover, could put a man in position to speak creative word of God. 
and, and bring flies in existence. Why would you stumble at the bleach of God's, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ who could speak a squirrel or something into existence? Hallelujah. Now, so you see, it was inspired words from Moses that brought flies and lice and locusts. Why? God's word had said that the seed of Abraham would return to the land of Abraham. And there was nothing going to stop them. Listen, as it would go, they got many hindrances. You know, we, we think we're going to get a free pass on everything and everything's going to come easy. It doesn't happen that way. You're going to be resisted. Amen. You're going to... Some of you this morning are so discouraged because you're being resisted. You know, you, you say, I've tried everything, but look at my finances, and you're discouraged. You look at your marriage, I've tried everything, but I'm being resisted, I'm discouraged. I, I've tried to believe, but for my healing, I, I, I just can't seem to lay hold on it. It's just out of my reach. Or my children, looks like they get worse. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. Listen, listen, church. Again, you know, every hindrance gets thrown in the way. On their path to the journey, here comes the Red Sea. Amen. And and the people of the book opened the Red Sea. And it stood in heaps and heaps. And a path of deliverance opened for the people of the book by using the Word of God. Come on, church. Listen. Listen, it's going to take people with faith to act upon things. I want you to understand, you've got to act on it. I mean, you cannot, listen, the Jews were passive. They were passive. The Germans said, well, you're going to wear this yellow star, okay. The Germans said, we're putting a curfew on you, Okay. The German said, you live in these quarters, don't move out. Okay, even starving to death. Go ahead. Yeah. That's right. Come on. Then they said, get on these trains. Okay. Right. Nobody resisted. Right. Millions of them went to their death. Yeah. You look back at 911 a few years ago in America. Our policy in the, with the American Airlines, you know, if, if the plane gets hijacked, don't resist. Don't resist. You know, you just, um, may, they'll, they'll take us, it'll be an inconvenience, but they'll take us, we'll take them wherever they want to go. We won't go down to Cuba, we'll go down to Cuba. We'll take them anywhere. Don't resist. But these people had something in mind. That was extermination. And them people, listen, to one but seven or eight of them, there were 300 on the plane. And they sat there. And let eight or nine people with little knives kill them all. They're babies. Babies on the plane. Young mothers on the plane. And grown men sat there. And let them drive that right into the World Trade Center. And just use them as a human bomb. But no more. You ever read the news since then? Every time somebody acts up on the plane, a bunch of men grab up, get a hold of him, tie him down, handcuff him, tie him 
don't do their chair. They do everything. You're not going to do this again. Never again. Amen. And they know it'll never happen again. There'll, there'll be men rise up that will rise up to the occasion say, you'll not do this to another plane in America. And that's the way the Jews are today. You'll never, you'll never, there'll never be another Holocaust. There'll never be another Hitler rise and destroy us. There'll, there'll never, we will fight. We will resist. We will stand against the world. We'll build an invincible army. But you will not ever overthrow us again. Oh, hallelujah. There's got to be people in this bride that says enough is enough. We've been tormented enough. There's been enough sickness. There's been enough of our children lost. There's been enough. It's enough. It's enough. No more. No more. From this day on, never again will I allow the devil to triumph in my church, in my home, in my marriage. With my children. Never again. Never again. Never again. Is there a people today that can say, never again? Hallelujah. There's got to be somebody rise to the occasion that says, God is my God. I am his people. I can't depend on governments to protect me. I can't even depend on, on church organizations to protect me. But I've got a protection, and that's the word of God. And I'm in my homeland to stay. Hallelujah. Somebody that is ready for action. Amen. I know myself. When I get on a plane, I'm ready for action. I'm ready for any suspicious person. Come on. I'm watching for every suspicious one. There he is. Let's get him, boys. Amen. You know, I may not be able to physically do it myself, but I can holler. Amen. I can say, sick him, boys. Let's get him. I got your back. Just do it. Amen. We're not going down with this plane. Our plane's going to glory. Amen. We're going in a rapture. We ain't going to let no devil hijack us. We ain't going to let nobody pull us down. We're not going to let anybody drive us into world trade. We are believers and we're going to our homeland. There's a story that just inspires me. When the Red Sea stood in the way, mountains on each side, now God had already given a word that I told Moses, I'll meet you in this mountain. So the word's already been given. He's already prophesied the outcome. But they're hemmed in, and now it looks impossible. God brings us into impossible situations. Yeah. 
And Moses, you know the story, he began to, he began to cry. And he began to say, Lord, why did you bring these people out here to destroy them? And he began to cry because of the Egyptians there on the backside. Oh, my. Yet, isn't it human? He could look back and see a cloud of fire between him and them. But somehow or another, they're trapped. What are we going to do, Lord? And we can look. We can look and we can see God's protecting hand has been with us. He's been with us to this day. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. I think about it as I started out my journey to this promised land. He's been with me to this day. And, and that's, as, we, as we look at it, Standing there, Moses began to speak. And he began to call for the winds. And the waters were turbulent and raging and everything else. Look, it makes the crossing even more precarious. How are you going to cross with all of the waves? Here there, a fierce wind is now blowing. How in the world are you going to do it? It even looks more impossible. But don't you know that in that impossibility, it was God's breath, amen, blowing against the waters to open them up. But there is a Jewish tradition, and it's for what it's worth, but it's a lovely story if nothing else, and it's a good point to make this morning. But in the in Jewish tradition, that there was a man by the name of, of Nashon. Nashon had, was of the tribe of Judah. You will see him bringing his tribute before the Lord and, and being one of the census takers and an upstanding man in the house of Israel or the house of Judah. And, and then as he heard the word of God say, you know, speak that they go forward. Nashon didn't wait for the waters to part. He began right then, marching right down, running right down to the Red Sea. God said, it's going to open up. God said, go forward. I don't see a way through, but I'm going forward anyway. And Nashon goes running down into the water. It gets ankle deep. It gets knee deep. It gets chest deep. It comes up to his nose. And when it looked like he would drown, the waters opened up. Hallelujah. He released his faith to believe the word of God and to act on what God said. Oh, if there's some Nashons in the building this morning that hear the word of God saying, go forward. Amen. Then walk in. If it gets ankle deep, if it gets knee deep, if it gets waist deep, if it gets neck deep, if it gets up your nose, God will be there right on time. He ain't never too late. Now, it was the people of the book that stopped the sun, defeated the five kings, would put their feet up on the neck. Every example of the Bible shows the resources afforded to the believer. Brother Branham said, if you can limit God, you can limit Christ. 
And if you can limit the church today in its possibility, you are limiting God. But but all things whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe what you receive and you shall have it. So he said, if you can limit the church, come on now, you can limit God. Because the church has been given, can I say it, a third pull word. How many believes that this is to be the third pull? Then you have been given a third pull word. Amen. What? Whatever things you desire. Amen. When you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Amen. Now, so you see, again, Brother Branham said, you know, you can limit God by your unbelief. I don't, I don't have time to go into all of these quotations. But, you know, and I'm not going to cheat you none. I promise not to cheat you, but nevertheless, you know, I don't have time to go into all of the things that he had to say about it. Volumes. Because it's untapped. Amen. But I remember years ago, Lorianne, you remember this. As a young girl, she went to a doctor. Doctor, come, come back. And maybe I got all this wrong after all these years, but this comes out of my gray matter. Amen. And my gray matter... You know, may not be as much as my gray hair, so we may be limited. But notice, as I, as, I, as I say, she come back from the doctor, and the doctor said, you might as well get ready because you've got rheumatoid arthritis, and girl, you'll be crippled in a wheelchair, you know, before too long. And she came back and told me the doctor's report. And I just read this quote, and if something rose up within me, Amen. As I heard what the doctor said, and I said, you'll not believe that, and I won't believe that. We're not going to accept it. And I read her this quote. Well, if God so loves you well enough to bring you up out of sin and fill you with the Holy Ghost, what's the matter with you poor, spineless weaklings around the country? Won't he much more deliver you from your affliction when he promised to do it? Amen. Amen. She still stands today as an overcomer. Because why? She refused to take the doctor's word and believe God's word. She refused to be a weak, spineless Christian when God gave a promise. Brother Branham said the devil is trying to hide you back and tell you you're some little trod down something. You are not. You are sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven. It's in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, how many of the saints sometimes are weeping and crying because of what the devil's been trying to tell them. I got a good news for you. The devil's trying to hide you back and tell you you're a little trod down something. Amen, but you are not. You are sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven, it's in you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, church. Amen. My God has never been on the earth. God has never left the earth. If he ever leave the earth, I don't know what would become of it, but God has always been here in some form. Oh, praise his name. He was with the children in the wilderness coming out of the Egypt. 
in the form of a light. He spoke to Abraham in the form of a man. He spoke to Moses in the form of a man. He spoke to the church in the form of a man, his son Christ Jesus. And he's speaking through his church today, through the anointed church of the living God, through vessels of clay. You are the branches, I'm the vine, and God is still speaking. And the world sees Jesus when you present him. Amen. For your written epistles read of all men. Hallelujah. He would again call it the same Jesus in bride form. Amen. Again, he would call it the complete body of Christ is revealed in the form of a bride taken out of his side. He again in the token message, he said, this, it has to be because a woman and her husband becomes one. They become one, and so does the bride and Christ become one. The ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. Does Christ have a ministry? Amen. Amen. Then the ministry of Christ and the ministry of the bride is the same. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Brother Bradham would talk about Israel, how they were forced back into their homeland. Said um, she don't even know how she got back there. She was automatically put there because national force put her in her place. Now I'm going to say something. National force put Israel in their homeland. National force will put the church in the world council of churches. But the power of God will put people in the bride. The world forces this way and the world forces that way. But God forces upward. The spirit which is the word of God. My spirit is spirit and my word is spirit and life. Will put the bride in her place. She will recognize her position in the word. Then she's in Christ. She will be, will put her in her place. Amen. There's a people put in their place. You don't know how you got there. Amen. But you're here today. Amen. Because God put a people back in this land. Are you with me now? Amen. I'm trying to skip some things right quick. But I mean, I, I want you to understand, the whole land is before you. Right. Amen. Joshua, every place you put your foot upon, I've given that. Right. Amen. Footsteps mean possession. Right. Amen. You've got to look at it. I can possess this. God said, I'll be your God. Amen. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Then how can I lose? If I put my foot here and the devil goes to howling, amen, God's on my side. Amen, no 10,000 comes on one side and another thousand on the other side. It'll not come nigh thee. Come on, church. There's somebody got to start believing that. There's somebody got to start putting their foot on a promise. Amen, we got to possess it. Now, trying to, trying to hurry. Now, you can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. I'm quoting Brother Bradham. We, pre, we start out with grace, grace, and you can never exhaust it. You just barely, you just barely start it. Come on. Going all the way from Jaron right over here to some of our oldest Christians. You just started. Amen. You can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. You say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. He wants to be bothered that way. Don't never think that you can ask too much of God. I believe the scripture said you have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you believe not. He wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. 
ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get out out here or to some other kind of faith and move out to big things. Big things is just as easy to receive as little things. You just got to believe, that's all. And you got faith, just just know exactly how to use it. And it'll be all right. You can put it right to work. It'll be just fine. Now, Brother Branham would tell us, you know, in, in, in where Pentecost failed. Now, where, where Azusa Street failed, we don't want to fail there. And what they did is they cabbaged down on one little sensation, which was speaking in tongues and said, we've arrived. This is it. And it was untapped. But that satisfied them. They were happy just with that. Today, they're still dancing and rejoicing over speaking in tongues. And there's a lot more to the Bible than speaking in tongues. Amen. It's a great experience. If you've never had it, well, you can have it. Amen. But, but he said, he said, he told us where Pentecost failed and where they failed was they did not go on and advance with God. He said, could you imagine talking about exhausting God's love and power and the beneficiaries for you, could you imagine a little bitty fish about that long way out in the middle of the ocean say, wait a minute, I better just consider this thing. I better drink a little water, this water sparingly because I just might run out someday. A little fish about that long, about that big in the middle of the ocean out here. Well, that could be as easily be done, more easier, than you could ask too much of God. He is the inexhaustible fountain of life. Whatever you have need of, ask him and believe it. He provided it in the redemptive blessing when he died at Calvary and gave you a promise for everything you have need of while you're in this journey and it's yours. If you just ask and believe it. Now, here we are. Brother Brandon compared us to a little fish about this big. In the ocean of God's spirit. Think about it. You're about this big. In the ocean of God's spirit. Surrounded. We're in it. But you know what? It's also in us. Come on. Amen. The spirit is in us. And we are in the spirit. And it's an ocean. Of his spirit. Just as a fish is in the ocean. The ocean's in the fish. So are we in the spirit. And the spirit is in us. We are life within the spirit. You take a fish out of the ocean. And it dies. You take us out of the Holy Spirit. And we die. It is our life. It is our freedom. Everywhere a fish goes is ocean. And everywhere a child of God goes is spirit. We're in it. It is in us. He can never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would then go, and he says, he said, he compares it now to a little mouse. He says, can you imagine a little mouse about this long in all the garners of Egypt? Now, there was enough in the garners of Egypt to feed all of those million people, plus foreigners and strangers, for seven years. All right? So there's thousands of granaries. Don't go to sleep just yet. Listen to me. Thousands of granaries and a mouse about this long worried that he might run out. 
Maybe I should, you know, limit myself. I better not eat but one or two grains a day because I might run out before for winter's over. And he said, that's the way people act as Christians. Get up in the morning, God bless my family today, keep us close to you. I, amen, I've done my religion. Oh, he said, I like to lay down and drink it in. Just have a spiritual, real spiritual, gastronomical jubilee. Just drink till you can drink no more. Amen. Then he compares it to a fruit tree. And he said, you imagine a fruit tree. You raise oranges. He said, now, you take an orange, a little seed, little, and the little tree now is just an inch high. Every bushels of oranges that, will, that you'll ever pick off of that tree is in it right then. Amen. If it didn't, where did it come from? Who put the oranges on it? It's in the tree. All you do with the little tree is plant. Amen. And then you have to drink its water. And it just drinks. You have to give it water. And it just drinks and give it drinks more than its allotted portion. Some of you said 25 minutes ago, Brother Tim, I got my allotted portion. Well ago, when you had that little climax, I was through. Man, I, I tell you, I put into everything I'm going to put in it. But if you want oranges, you're going to have to do more than just enough to sustain you. You've got to drink of that water and push out more than your allotted portion. And if you don't start drinking more than your allotted portion, you'll always be a little dwarf nothing. Never bearing any fruit. But if you want the oranges, if you want the fruit that is promised in this word of God, you're going to have to start drinking more than your allotted portion. Amen. And it pushes out leaves. And it pushes out oranges. And it keeps pushing out more and more oranges and leaves and branches and blossoms and just drinks and drinks and drinks. The, blind, the, blind, the blooms don't come from the air. They come from the tree. Amen. They don't, it, it don't come from the ground. It comes in the tree. The blooms are already in the tree. The oranges are in the tree. It, the tree is planted in the ground. The only thing it has to do is drink. But it must be more than just to sustain a little bitty sapling like this. It's got to be more than this allotted portion so it can push out. Now, you got denominational Christians around the world that, that drank this much. And they're happy. They're happy. You got people in Israel that are just happy with Jericho. Just went across the border. I ain't concerned about none of it. Now Caleb said, I want that mountain. I want my inheritance. It's way over on there. We got a lot of conquering to do, but that's mine. There's a real believer. Come on. Is there any real believers in the building? You're going to have to start drinking more than your allotted portion. Amen. Well, you know, again, Brother Branham tells why Pentecost failed. And I'm going to tell you why many of you are failing in your walk with God and are not progressing is because you stopped. 
drinking. And you come to church and get just enough to make it to the next service again. And hopefully that's about three weeks away. Just trying to sustain, get along. We got a land to possess. When you receive the Holy Ghost, everything you got need of between here and glory is right in you then. Amen. Here you are. Amen. It ain't faith you need. You got faith if you got the Holy Spirit. For he is your faith. But the thing you have to know is how to use that faith. In other words, how to push out. Because it'll push out the healing. It'll push out to the gifts of the Spirit. It'll push out to wisdom. It'll push out to greater things. And there is no reason for us as a church to remain in a dwarf condition. Not when we got unlimited resources. Because we are a tree planted by the river of water. And there's plenty of water, but you're not drinking. All right, now I'm coming home just for a moment. You got to drink more than your portion. I'm going to quote Brother Branham. The devil don't care how much you come. As long as you don't drink. It's great that you come, but the devil don't care. As long as you don't drink. And if you just drink just barely enough and then shut out, then you're not going to get it. You're not going to get, you're not going to press through to, to more of the blessings of God. You've got untapped resources. Amen. The devil don't care how much you come to Christ as long as you don't drink. You can stand at the table, table with your mouth watering and say, well, I'm here, I'm here. And you're afraid to turn your faith loose. We come here, we need to turn our faith loose. Amen. You sit there with a critical spirit. And you think that's spiritual because you can point out what you don't like about the preacher or what you don't like about the clothes they wore or what you don't like about the special or what you don't like about the music. Amen. You know, the music is too loud. The preaching is too long. Well, you know, Brother Tim, he's a word preacher. He don't do a lot of entertainment. He don't make funny faces and and do a a bunch of things and and keep our our attention. Listen, friends, uh, we're not not a denomination. Amen. We're not a denomination. We're we're a people of the book. We're not here to entertain. You think I'm building a building, that pavilion to entertain our kids? I'm not. Amen. The real entertainment in the church of God is the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not to give them exercise. They can get exercise right here, raising their hands, shouting, rejoicing. That's the kind of exercise a child of God does. Come on, church. Amen. We are a different kind of people. 
Oh, my. Brother Brandon said, why? It's untouched resources that God's got laid up for his church. The power of God is ready to spread abroad and take in men and women into the kingdom of God and give them a joy unspeakable and full of glory that no dance or whiskey or nothing else could take its place. Amen. Certainly God's got it, but it's because people don't want it. Amen. I wonder if we would start wanting it bad enough. Amen. That we would come calling on God. Amen. For every promise in the book. I hadn't got it all. I hadn't achieved it all. Amen. You got you to drink more than just enough to sustain you. You got to drink more than your allotted portion. Now, let me tell you something about a Christian. A Christian doesn't fill up quickly. He hungers and thirsts for righteousness. He got a huge capacity for the word of God. He got a huge capacity for, for worshiping God. Come on, somebody. Amen. Brother Branham told us about those who were not sealed, who were not adopted. And he wanted a description of an unadopted, someone not filled with the Holy Ghost, is they just sit around and look around like a little jug and they fill up quickly and get up and go home. In other words, they have little capacity for the Word of God. Amen. So, well, Brother Tim, I wish you could get to your thoughts real quick. Well, I tell you, we in this church, we are tired. Is somebody with me now? We are tired of hearing sermonettes by preacherettes and, and, and to Christianettes. We are not any of them. I'm not a preacherette. Amen. And I tell you, I don't have a sermonette. Amen. But I am not trying to produce Christianettes. I want blood-born, blood-washed sons and daughters of the living God who know who they are, who can take their sword and pursue it, pursue the enemy. Hallelujah. You see, that's the evidence of a little fish. When Brother Branham throwed his hook out there, throw the lure, he said, throw it out there. And he looked out there and he said, I saw rainbow trout, great big ones. He said, that's what I want to catch. He said, I'll show you how to do it. You throw it out in your first pull. He said, when you pull it once, it'll attract a bunch of little fish. Little fish were caught by the thousands by, in Billy Graham's altar calls. He threw nets and got them up by tens of thousands. But William Branham didn't want little fish. But you see, the first pull was entertaining enough. Blind eyes coming open, and, you know, and, and to them it was, it was a circus show. People come from everywhere to watch all this happen. They wanted to come because they wanted entertainment. It was entertainment to watch this done. And they gathered by the thousands. And then when he changed his ministry over into the second pull, he said, let's scatter the little fish. And he said, the second one sent them out into denominations. And it was the ministry of the Son of Man discerning the hearts. But so few were ministered to and they didn't see as many miracles. There wasn't much entertainment. So what they did is they scattered and went back to denomination. They got caught in, in Oral Roberts' nets and Billy Graham's net and whatever else. But he said, it is the third pull 
that'll catch the rainbow trout. Amen. It is the word. Is somebody with me? It is the third pull, the opening of the word that will catch the rainbow trout. So I am not worried about entertainment. That's only for little fishes. I want to catch that rainbow trout. I want to see people that are taken into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. My goodness. We have the we have the inexhaustible fountain of life. So why do we want just a little sip of it? Why do we want it just enough to make a Christianette out of us? I don't want to be a Christianette. Amen. And I know sermonettes ain't going to produce real Christians. It's only the word of God. And that's what's going to attract the real rainbow trout. And that's what we're going to preach in this church. Amen. Let me tell you, Brother Brandon said, we are planted in the together in Christ Jesus, who is the inexhaustible fountain of life. We have been planted in Christ, and we just have, we have drink and drink and drink and push out and everything we have need of for the earthly journey, divine healing, the power of God, all these things in every individual is in here that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For you're planted in Christ, the Holy Ghost baptism, yes, sir, and everything you have need of for this life's journey, even the rapture is in you then. The rapture's in you. But you've got to drink more than your allotted portion and push out to it. Amen. Oh, he said, don't resent that. That's the truth. The rapture is in us now. I'll prove it by the gospel. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he hath glorified. Hallelujah. Then in heaven today, we are glorified in the presence of God right now. And I'm just pushing out to it. Inexhaustible. Amen. Untapped resources. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, oh, hallelujah. Amen. His love is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he doth meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. This river can't run dry, church. It can't run dry. You get into a dry place. And there's too many stickers. Brother Branham talked about the cactus out in Phoenix in Arizona. He said the reason why there's so many stickers. He said because they don't have enough water. He said so through the years of not having enough water. It becomes to protect itself. Those little Little blossoms, those little uh, leaves become little bitty spiny thorns to protect itself. Think of that. Here they are. He said, that little thorn is a leaf ready to pop out. That given the proper water, it would make a shade. And given the proper water in the desert, they'll have shade trees instead of cactus. 
and giving the proper water in your life. You start drinking and giving it. It'll do something. It'll change that little critical spirit into a leaf. And it'll spread out. And there'll be room for others. Come on, church. We'll be a church that is moving in the power of God. And we'll see that, that it'll give way right into our families, right into our home, right into our church, everywhere in our marriage and everything else because it'll be a leaf going forth. And the fruits will come forth. Hallelujah. A lovely leaf for the shade. I'm closing. And let the musicians come. But Elisha... When he saw his prophet, Elijah, about to go away. Elisha didn't try to be humble. He didn't try to play the humble card and he said, you know, I don't deserve anything. What would you like me to do for you before I go? Well, I, I don't deserve anything. I, you know, I'm just no good. I'm, 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 I'm unworthy. I, I, you know, I don't deserve none of this. It's the attitude we have of many Christians. I don't really deserve it. Who said anything about deserving? The Jews were undeserving people. They didn't deserve a homeland. But God's word said, I'm going to give you one. And you don't deserve anything. But God's word said, I'm going to give it to you. We're not getting it on the basis of our deserving. He, Brother Branham told us that's why that a many prostitute would be healed in his meetings. Who was living an immoral life. Is somebody with me? And they would get healed ahead of a many a saint. Because they realize I'm unworthy. But they weren't approaching it on their worthiness. They were approaching it on God's grace. And if you will approach it on God's grace to you this morning, because you and I are undeserving people. Really, if we got what we deserve, we'd get hell. All of us, me included. But the headstone is coming with grace, grace, more grace than you ever saw. More grace than you can use. Abundant. And Elisha, realizing his, Elijah was leaving. What is it I could do for you? I almost asked you to play that. What is it I could do for you? He didn't say, Nothing. Nothing. It's just been nice being your friend. It's just been nice seeing the miracles that we've had in the past. Brother Branham, really nice to see God back there could heal the blind eyes and open up deaf ears. <clears throat> wow, that third pull, that was wonderful. Opening up that Jordan was great. I, I'm satisfied. I've seen enough. I've got enough. But not Elisha. Elisha was not afraid to ask. 
he didn't ask for what Elijah had. He asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. Now church, I'm just going to tell you, Jesus didn't promise us the same portion of him. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. That means he affirms with an oath. Verily, verily, amen, amen, I say unto you. I'm confirming this. This is with an oath I'm saying this. I say unto you, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I'm going to my Father. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that would say, Lord, I'm not just asking for a portion. I want the double portion. I'm just not asking for an allotment. I want it double. Even what you did in Jesus, greater works should be done in his bride. Greater works be done in me. I need a great work in my life. I need a greater work today. I, I, I need, I have a situation. Speak it. Begin to claim it. Is there a nation that would stand up and say, I'm willing to go to the water. I hear the word. <laughs> I hear the word. Go forward. But I'm ready this morning to go forward. I'm ready to step out into the waters. I'm willing to go more than ankle deep. I'm willing to go more than waist deep. I want to go until it gets all the way to my nose. Because I know this God's going to open up the way. He's going to open up the way for me. Today I claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. I claim it right now for myself. I'm asking for a double portion. Would there be somebody... Amen. They would say it this morning, begin to cry out to God and say, I want that double portion. I want it in my life. Amen. Others have had singles and war portions and parts and bits and pieces, but I want every promise in the book to be mine right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can't ask him enough. Don't be, don't be scared to ask him. Amen. I'll ask him all you want, all you can ask. He likes to give you as much as he's got, as you got faith to receive. He won't run out. God's got plenty of blessings. He's got plenty of blessings for you this morning. Ask abundantly that your joy might be full. Amen. Begin to ask him today with all your heart. Don't never be afraid to ask for a big thing. God wants you to ask big things. He don't want you to be a little petty and juvenile. He wants you to ask big things that your joy might be full. Amen. Ask of him. Ask of him. Jesus said we would do the greater works. You're not drawing the dividends. You're not drawing the dividends. Draw them this morning. There's a fountain opened in the house of David. There's a river of life. There's a fountain that had never run dry. And you've been planted, predestinated to be in this land. How did you get in this message? Hey Amen. How did you get here? Brother Mark, 
Sister Debbie, you remember when you were out in sin and God reached out and got you? You didn't even ask for it. He came looking for you. I look out here and I see Brother James Pilger here, wayward boy running from his home in New York, a bad home, bad, bad stepfather, a young kid, didn't know where to look, but God found him. God planted him right here in this word where the blessings are. Amen. I can look upon many of you and call you by name one after another where I've seen God predestinate you. Remember where you were, Sister Diane? You heard from a little girl about Elijah. Amen. It struck down in your heart and one day you found him. Amen. Actually, you didn't find him. God found him. He found you. He went looking for you. He went looking for you. Amen. Wherever you are, God's been looking for you. He brought you out in this land and he's saying, you're my people. I'm your God. Amen. I brought you out from among the nation. I pulled you out from among the heathen. I planted you in this land. Now drink. Now drink. Now drink. Start asking for big things. Start expecting big things. Start expecting exceeding abundantly. Amen. We've just begun. Like John Paul Jones, I just began to fight. I just began. Amen. The resources are untapped. Stick down deep. Draw deep. Ask him today for a double portion. Ask him for a double portion. Can I tell you again in our open scripture? And he shall bring forth the headstones with shouting, grace, grace, a double portion. He's here to give it out abundantly. Amen. Ask abundantly. Jesus' invitation, ask abundantly that your joy might be full. Ask him today, Lord, give me that abundance. Abundance. Oh, Brother Tim, I'm happy with my baby steps. Oh, don't take baby steps. Drink. Drink more than your portion. Don't stay where you're at. There's more for you. Well, I'm happy, Brother Dim, just, just having a seat in the church among believers. Oh, God gives you a seat around his throne. Draw the dividends, drink. Amen. Father, I pray that you'll take the words today. Let it go to every heart, Lord, to every life. May there be an Elisha today that says, I want a double portion. Oh, Elijah may answer back, that may, that's a hard thing you've asked. It doesn't matter how hard it is. I have faith to ask it. I have faith to believe for it. Somebody's going to receive the double portion. I want the blessing. I want all the inheritance. In Jesus' name, I refuse to be a Christianette. Amen. Will there be somebody here today that will say, I refuse to be a Christianette. I refuse to do that. I refuse to let the devil rob me of the full blessings when I can be a full Christian filled with the power of God that I'd have a capacity for the Word and have a hunger for truth. 
Amen. Come to church. They're pulling on the gift of God. Move it out in the spirit. Amen. Someone that don't have to be entertained. Someone whose joy is the Lord, who meditates in his law day and night. Will you invite him to come today? Amen. Invite him to live in your life. Amen. For grace. Grace. That's what he's pouring out. Love him with all your heart now. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that will pardon. Hallelujah, Lord. 